Welcome once again to The Lowdown with the Chelan County Sheriff's Office. I'm Randy Rhodes, your host, and this is for Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. Sheriff Brian Burnett, welcome. Thanks, Randy. It's good to be here. I know we're going to start with a major incident that happened Saturday morning. In fact, right across from Memorial Park, where all the apple blossom festivities were going on. Let's set the scene at the uh, Living Hope Church. And now what happens? Right. So we basically had an incident where you had, uh, uh, we'll call him a suspect subject. Uh, there was a report of a person uh, shooting uh, a firearm into the building of the Living Hope Church through the windows, through the doors. Looked like he was trying to gain access. Some uh, cursing, cussing, uh, kicking at the door, some different things. Because of the Apple Blossom Parade, uh, Wenatchee police had bike patrol officers ready to go for the parade route, something they traditionally do. And they literally were less than a block away, I think, just north on Chelan Avenue. So they responded within, what, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. They were on scene very, very quickly um, and confronted the suspect uh, who did uh, believe to have a firearm in his possession and uh, unfortunately uh, had to use lethal force. And that uh, suspect was uh, taken down and is and, and was deceased. A lot of us know by now this is something that uh, certainly won't be investigated by the Wenatchee Police Department. How does this investigation work moving forward? Great. That's a great question. And a, a lot of our uh, listeners may not understand that. Uh, through current um, and, and recent legislation, uh, a Washington Administrative Code 139 12 dash zero three zero known as the independent investigation criteria or independent investigative team. Um, there's some standards put in place that help one with independence, transparency, communication. Um, but what it does, it gives credibility to the process and credibility to the investigation. Now here in North central Washington, we already had a operational team that was doing just that. Um, but this new WAC, this Washington Ministry of Code that I just mentioned, brought in some specific elements and standards uh, that we had to that we have to adhere to during the process. But our uh, North Central Washington Special Investigative Unit uh, has been in place for several years. We have multiple agencies from around uh, North Central Washington that participate. But how this how this happens is when you have an agency that's involved in an officer-involved shooting or in-custody death, uh, your special investigation unit will come in for that independent investigation. And we'll kind of call it the, the venue agency. So in this case, the, uh, the, shoot, the officers involved in the use of force, lethal use of force, the shooting, uh, are from Wenatchee PD. So that's our venue agency. That agency is not allowed to be involved with any of the investigation whatsoever. Now, back in the day, it could be where there, and I'm probably mistaken, but back in the day, wouldn't there like internal affairs uh, maybe have done the investigation or has it always been an outside outfit? It could have been their own internal affairs. Uh, probably large agencies would have been able to do that. Our smaller agencies wouldn't have enough staff. I mean, there is, we have multiple investigators uh, from this. So Chelan County Sheriff's Office, Douglas County. Uh, East Wenatchee, Washington State Patrol. I know we reached out. I think we have Grant County involved, 
I think maybe someone from Afreda, Quincy PD, and I think I think I'm even missing some others that are involved in this. I was on a briefing just two days ago, Randy, and there were 17 people in the room. Now that's involved a couple of chiefs and sheriffs, um, and not all the investigators were there. So there's a lot of intense, um, we'll call it. <laughs> uh, agency power here, manpower, right? Men and women, we've got men and women helping investigate this. And they'll, we have a commander that's assigned, we have an assistant commander, and then we have a lead investigator. And then we have investigators that fall underneath that lead investigator. And they're all going to get uh, specific assignments and tasks. And that lead investigator, assistant commander, commander, are going to be the ones that, that run that operation and make sure that everything falls within. And I'm going to show it to our our, our listeners here, this this code, that's Washington Administrative Code of 139 that I was just talking about. So in a uh, kind of a Reader's Digest version, Brian, uh, step us through the process now, what happens? Okay. So when really early on, yeah, as soon as the uh, shooting or use of force takes place, um, you have to get some public statement information. Is there anything that we need to be concerned about public safety to, to our to, to the outlying region, to our citizens. Uh, once that's established, yes or no, what does that look like? In this case, no, we had a single person with a, with a firearm that was the threat to the community. That threat had been eliminated and minimized. Um, so now it's about controlling the scene for proper investigation. So they wanna secure the scene, secure the evidence. But they also have to take those officers that were involved from that venue agency and they have to remove them from the scene. One is, uh, I, I should back up a little bit. When the shooting first takes place, um, you may or may not have a, a deceased person. You may have an injured person. Uh, you have to render aid to that person. In this case, uh, we had local paramedics were, were almost on scene immediately. So they came in and made a diagnosis that the person was deceased and not able to, um, to transport uh, for further help. So once you've preserved the crime scene at the same time that that is happening, uh, the, the involved officers from the venue agency that's been involved in that use of force, they're going to be removed. They're going to be um, put in areas. They can't have communication with other officers because we have to preserve what their testimony is going to be down the road. And we're going to have to take all of their equipment and gear. Uh, investigators will come in and look at that. And they're going to photograph all of their equipment that they had uh, right down from everything that's on their vest to their duty belt. Uh, is there any evidentiary, uh, maybe bloodborne pathogen evidence could be from themselves, could be from a suspect, could be from a victim? Is there any evidence of that? If that is, all of that's going to be photographed, be taken and logged into evidence right down to their firearms, to magazine and, and uh, ammunition count. Um, and so and then uh, eventually uh, down the road, they'll actually give a, a, a tape statement. Um, that generally doesn't happen. There's there's some um, uh, deputy bill of rights uh, for like for our officers uh, from the Shawnee County Sheriff's Office. We have a criteria and a policy that we have to follow that they have the rights. They could waive those rights if they wanted to and, and give a statement right away. What you don't want to do, because this is pretty proven in a critical incident scenario that is could be traumatic, um, is you could have a lot of different things going on physiologically for those officers involved. And so they need to have a time to decompress and to process um, before they give their statement. 
Shalane County Sheriff Brian Burnett, based on your experience, what what kind of timeline are we looking at for uh, you know a resolution on this? Well, let's talk about the scene itself first, and then we'll talk about the overall investigation. And so the scene itself, I think this incident happened at about 8.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. It was about 12.30, uh, would it be a.m. Sunday morning? So literally, uh, it was, what, 16 hours uh, before they opened up Chelan Avenue and released the crime scene. So and, and we brought in the Washington State uh, Patrol uh, Crime Lab. Uh, so they have the ability to bring in their 3D imaging a system for measurements and everything. They can recreate that scene for video photography, um, but to actually put an actual specific um, to uh, to spec uh, to uh, to graph um, a scene area from everywhere from shell casings to suspect um, where uh, we have bike patrol officers pulling up. Where were they standing? Where were their bikes laid? What angle did they come in from? All of that type of information. And then obviously, as you go into the investigation side, now we're going to go through any, we're going to canvas what they did here is they went to all the vendors because really there wasn't a lot of people in the park, but you had vendors here for Apple Blossom. So they had to canvas that area, go to business owners uh, in the area, go to the um, the food court, talk to all those vendors to find out if anybody was eyewitness. Did they have video of it? Uh, did they actually see, did they hear, get their information, take their their uh, uh, testimony, and, and then they will make reports on that. And then so, and then they're going to have their video, is it phone, um, cell phone? All of this, any video footage is going to have to be viewed, documented. They're going to timestamp it. They're going to document it in their report. And then they're going to view it again. And then they're going to check their report. And they're going to check all those times. Do they get the names? Do they get the times right? It's hours and hours and hours of going over and viewing video. So you have people on the street, um, gathering this information. Then you have investigators back in the office as this information comes in, they'll be reviewing and, and, and documenting and doing all these things. And then, you know, uh, detectives have to write search warrants for different things. So there's a PC affidavit that they have to write, go through the proper paperwork before they uh, file it uh, through the through the courts and a judge reviews to get those search warrants granted and such. So there's, yes, everything, lots of T's and lots of I's to, to cross and dot. So um, outside of that, uh, fairly quiet weekend around the uh, Chelan County area then for Apple Blossom weekend? Yeah, we just had a regional law enforcement uh, uh, meeting this morning. Uh, I was talking to the jail director, Chris Sharp, and I think they booked somewhere around 24. That's about a basic, normal booking weekend. Um, if Randy, if we go back to 1998, when I first started working for the county, was working as a jail deputy, uh, they were booking on average over 300 uh, persons uh, on an Apple Blossom weekend. So it's much, much different than what we're facing today. And we're thankful. I think it's much more a family event. And we're, we're, we're grateful for that. That was, uh, that was back in the cruising days. That was back in the cruising <laughs> days. And there was a no tolerance. Uh, if you were doing anything on the criminal code, you didn't get cited and released. You actually got cited and taken to jail. Now, Brian, I know there's a tip line for the SIU. Yeah. So if anybody out there has any information and don't discredit it. If you truly think it could be anything that might lead to, maybe you have uh, video footage, maybe you know someone or you're yourself seen or heard something, uh, what we'd ask you to do is you actually contact Douglas County Sheriff's Office Detective Ramon Bravo at 
509-888-6824. Again, that's 509-888-6824. Hey, fantastic. And you and I had a little sit down yesterday and we were talking about a, you know, kind of a, maybe a way to, to cap off each week's podcast and vacation times coming up, uh, summertime, summer vacations. And we talked about a safety and crime tip or tips of the week. What did you have in mind? Well, different ways that you, your loved one or friends or neighbors can protect your property, your personal uh, assets when you leave town or you're going to be away for a while. One is uh, I always like to make you get somebody to house it for you. Uh, if you have pets, you kind of have to do that anyway, right? So see if you can find somebody to house it for you. There's different things you can do, uh, setting up timers for your lights, uh, motion detectors and different security systems, um, letting your neighbors know that you're going to be out of town. Let them then know that these are the only vehicles that you should be coming and going and, and to report uh, any suspicious activity. So what we just like to ask is, just safeguard, take simple little steps to put in place to would, would minimize you, your friends, your loved ones becoming a victim of property crimes. All right. Fantastic. We love the information and certainly uh, glad to spend some time with you today on Wednesday, May 11th edition of the Lowdown with the Chelan County Sheriff's Office and Sheriff Brian Burnett. Was there anything else you wanted to close with? No, just the, you know, um, have a happy spring. Uh, we've, I think the snow is finally over here down in the valley uh, floor. Um, at the same time, that kind of also means that we're we, we trying to start speeding up and more people are out biking, hiking, walking the roads. Um, be careful out there. Pay attention. Try not to let things distract you while you're driving so we can all have a safe spring. All right. Chelan County Sheriff Brian Burnett. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Randy.